When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, Guardians, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we are live. We're going to talk about cyberpunk news. We're going to talk about the Bungie Weekly Update, the final Bungie Weekly Update of 2020. We're going to talk about the dawning and so much more, and we have an amazing guest tonight. Tonight, we welcome an amazing podcaster and human being he is the fearless leader of Robots Radio Podcast Network with 23 amazing shows and counting, including Destiny podcasts like The Destiny Show and Focused Fire Chat. He is also the founder and the host of the most respected podcast in the video game world, including the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Fallout Lorecast, and the number one podcast in the world of cyberpunk, the Cyberpunk Lorecast. He's also a Twitch streamer and YouTuber with more than 4,000 subscribers and counting, hundreds of five-star reviews, and the list goes on. His podcasts have been heard by more than 2 million gamers across countries spanning every continent in the world. But he's not only an amazing gamer and podcaster and community builder, but he's also an amazing marketer, SEO, and a really awesome human being. I have a ton of respect for him, and he is no other than my good friend, Robots Tom. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. It's so great to have you. Is this where I uh, contradict everything you said by farting into the microphone? <laughs> I mean, thank you, you can. You can. <laughs> thank you. I, I, I can do whatever I want. I'm in a room by myself. Um, Why, thank you for breaking wind. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me on the show. This has been super fun. Um, uh, Corn, Cornholia and I uh, go back a ways at this point. Uh, like, we're good buds. Uh, we've even worked together, and it's. I, I can't believe it's taken us we this long to, to guest on your show. I mean, so now that I think about it, together. I'm like, Man, we should, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should have done this a long time ago. We should have done this yes. a long time ago. Thanks for having me. Also, mm-hmm. um, I've been prepping my destiny uh, mindset, I guess you could say, in order to get ready for the show. And I just wanted you guys to know that I've upgraded my light level. My house is illuminated with lots of lights. So now my light level is something like 100 billion or something like that. So I'm, I guess I'm ready to You're go. You're going Griswold status on us, Tom? <laughs> you are I mean, ready that's... for the Grand Master Nightfalls. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what, that's everything that's important in Destiny, right? Your light level, that's, and mm-hmm. I figured if I just make my house brighter, then that would help in the game. That's how it works, right? That's, that's Griswold's status. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, we're going to put you on the hot seat tonight for our discussion with the Guardians, as we normally do. So, I hope you're ready. Yes, I think I am. I think okay. I am. So the first question we have for you is how did your journey in the world of podcasting begin and how, how'd you get started? Um, well, I've, I've been a content creator for a while. I've uh, been creating stuff on YouTube and uh, streaming, and I, I dabbled with that for a number of years a while back. We're talking like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, kind of got started with just playing around with it. You know, not super serious, but like, let's see if I can do stuff in this space. Let's see if it's any good. That sort of thing. And then about four years ago, four and a half years ago, I kicked off a Dungeons and Dragons actual play show with some friends where we went on adventures and I I ran the game. I was the DM and um, we had like a weekly show and we would do it live on Twitch on Mondays and people would show up and we would record it and release it as a podcast. And it was a lot of work because it's like corralling cats, right? You have to have the rest of the cast all there ready to do it every week. And if somebody can't make it, then of course you change the thing. You guys know how this goes. Um, but with the added bonus or bonus difficulty, I guess, of having to be the DM for a weekly game. So you have to prepare to play the game. And, you know, like as the players, you just kind of show up and you, you just play the game, but the DM has to set the world and make sure everything's ready. So that on top of editing together multiple audio feeds, it was it was a lot of work. And after about six months, one of the guys on the show decided that he was going to, you know, take off and do something else for a while, didn't really want to do the show anymore. So we closed up season one and we never really did open up a season two, although we might go back and do something like that at some point. Um, if if I feel crazy enough, but who knows? I mean, I have so many other podcasts at this point and then, you know, what's another one. Um, <laughs> but that was, that was my initial foray into it. I learned a lot about editing and content creation and hosting and all the, I, I, I guess you could say I cut my teeth. And then about actually just, just about two years ago now, because it's, you know, it's holiday season. Two years ago, right now, I was creating and posting to a Twitter account prepping to start the fallout lore cast and i just kind of had the itch to create something and i tried finding some other interesting people who loved fallout to do a show with but um it's difficult to find smart interesting people because they're already busy doing other things because they're smart interesting people right that's kind of the way it goes so I couldn't find anyone else that I was really committed to doing with. And, and my community of gamers was really just limited to the people I knew, like phys- in my physical space, like the people around me that I already knew. So I decided, OK, I'll, I'll do this by myself with the intent of creating content as a solo podcaster and also building a community so I can have more people to talk to about the things that I love and play games with and that kind of thing. And um, so I started prepping the Twitter account, started posting little bits of lore about Fallout. And then I launched the show about three weeks after that to an initial audience that was already interested in checking out the show, which was great. And it just took off from there. People really liked it. And I was I was hoping to get a few hundred listeners, maybe, and blew past that mark within just a few weeks. 
and it you know started getting lots of reviews and then it just kind of took off and i was like wow okay i guess this is a thing people like and then uh, you know i guess the story just goes from there started some other shows and so eventually started the the network that's pretty amazing so i did not know that you had such great success right from the start yeah the dungeons and dragons show had maybe i don't know 100 listeners regularly um, it wasn't very big and it, you know, it's a very difficult space to launch a podcast in cause there's dozens of Dungeons and Dragons shows. Um, but I also didn't know as much about marketing as I did four or five years ago as I do now. So yeah, it was, it was something that I had figured out, I guess, a little bit more on the marketing side of how to, how to create content and, you know, had practiced and gotten better at hosting a show and creating content and planning the content and delivering the content and editing the audio and like all the little bits and pieces that add to the quality of something you're doing, which, you know, consistency and quality, I think are, are two of the most important things when you're launching a new project. Well said. And it's so difficult to bring everything together and to learn every single little aspect of it, because there's so much you have to learn from the editing to the production side to the marketing to how to do it right and how to bring everything together in the right way. And you've been able to do that in such a precise and expert way. And, and that, that's been really amazing. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's it's taken a lot of work, but, uh, you know, and I'm still learning. It's it's not like uh, sometimes I, I do things and, I've you know, and I've done them for years now and then I'll all of a sudden have to look something up and I'll go, Oh, that's a much better way to do that thing that I was already doing. Dumb. I'm, how come I didn't realize that? You know, like there's always more to learn. So tell us about Robots Radio and how the network is involved in the world of podcasting today. Yeah, the network started off, um, I guess, to, basically to continue my story. Uh, in launching the Fallout Lorecast, I, you know, a month and a half later, launched the Elder Scrolls Lorecast because I was like, if I can do this with Fallout... I can do this with Elder Scrolls, and I'm sure there's some crossover audience because people who like Bethesda games usually like some of the other Bethesda games. And um, that lore is a lot more dense, so that was <laughs> that was an adventure for me to try to dig into in ways that um, I, I may have already known more, I think, hitting the ground running about Fallout, even though I, I've loved the Elder Scrolls games. It's just, it's just a lot more dense. Um, but kicked off that show. That show grew very quickly. Uh, and in setting up a podcast, oftentimes you find other people out there to guest on your show and you, you know, are invited to guest on other people's shows. So after about four or five months of doing this, I started reaching out to some of these other creators that I had been working with. And I was like, hey, you know what would really work for us is if we were to band together and create a network and we could start, you know, talking about each other's shows or, or just, you know, work together more often. And the idea was to get together with other creators who were doing really good work and were awesome people in order to kind of band together in order to promote each other's shows. So it started out without, with my show and two or three others um, signed up pretty quickly and then continued growing it from there and eventually met you and, um, and your show and was like, well, this guy's doing awesome stuff. He seems like a, a good creator, somebody who's, you know, really working hard at this, creating good content. And and that was the whole point of the network, basically, was there are so many mediocre podcasts out there that I don't want just mediocre podcasts on the network. I want people who are doing something interesting and new. And, 
you know, with with your content, you're you're reaching out to all of these awesome creators in the Destiny space and outside of the Destiny space sometimes, and you're really coming at it from a, a different angle. That's more than just you know a few guys sitting around a breakfast table talking about what they ate for breakfast and then sometimes talking about Destiny. You know, like there are so many podcasts that do that already that nobody needs another one of those shows. So that's basically how how it got started. Such a great point because, you know, we've been trying to figure out what is a way that we can offer value, but still not do the same thing that every other Destiny podcast is doing. And we got in a way very lucky with the guests that we were able to book very early on and the momentum kind of continued with that. And we were able to create something really, really cool in my opinion. And a big part of it was also your motivation because I did not imagine that anybody would reach out to me or that anybody would really even listen to the podcast when we first started out. In fact, I mean, uh, Shadow Price can vouch when we started out, it was really bad. It was like a dumpster fire <laughs> and it took us at least a year. Yeah, I, I, I was using my cell phone like in the beginning. This is before I built a PC and I was like recording Skype through my cell phone. It was yeah. so ghetto. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We made a lot of mistakes early on, and I don't think we started publishing any episodes until like episode 50. Wow. Really? Yeah. So it took us uh, at least a year, and that took so much commitment. And I'm very grateful for Shadow Price to stick with it because it does take a lot of commitment to develop into something that you can release and not think that it's really, really, really bad, especially when you don't have experience with podcasting. Because for us, it's something we talked about for many years now. I mean, I think I registered the Destiny show domain back in like 2015. So it was an idea that we had that took definitely time to develop into something real. And here we are today. It's nice just to be able, you know, to have knowledge, you know, about something you're talking about and you're passionate about, you know, it, it helps drive the conversation since you're like, you know, you know a lot about it. So you, you feel like you can give a lot to that, uh, you know, that conversation. And so that's, you know, it's it kind of I kind of fell into this role a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, as with anything, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of uh, just doing a crappy job at something before you eventually can do a good job at it. You know, it's like learning an instrument or riding a bike, you know, any of those, you know, tried and true failing, analogies. Failing forward, you know. Yeah, yeah, you have to you have to do it enough to realize what you're doing wrong, to realize what you didn't know you didn't know. Right. And then eventually you're able to be conscious of like, okay, well, how do I improve the stuff that I'm now aware that I'm not good at? Um, and it takes time. And uh, this actually segues a little bit into one of the things that we've started with the, the network recently is something I call the uh, Robots Radio Rocket Club. And this is a, uh, a program. It's like a mentorship program I've started with people who want to get up and running with a podcast. And I wish I wish I had signed up for something like this four and a half, five years ago because I wouldn't have spent so much time failing forward. And the idea is that people who want to start a new show, they've got a, an idea for a cool show. They want to be associated with the network and aren't officially a, a full-fledged Robots Radio podcast, but are still associated with the network, um, can sign up and then 
basically they end up as part of this mentor group where I will talk with them about all the things that they need to know, everything from, you know, creating their content to how to record it to how to even design your show in a way that it will be interesting and focused so that you can actually grow an audience and create something unique that people will want to listen to. Um, and it's, it's like a weekly thing where every week we get together and have a call with the people in the club and I help solve their problems and help them get closer and closer to, to building. And, and then once they launch it growing, continuing to grow a show that they can be proud of. And eventually they can actually graduate into a full fledged robots radio podcast. So it's, it's kind of a fun way to do it with other people and you not spend all the time you would like you or I did where we just kind of had to figure it out as we went. That sounds like a really amazing resource and definitely do share that with us because we will put that in the show notes of the episode in case any future podcasters want to learn how to get started and how to do it the right way. Yeah, it, uh, it's easy enough. Just go to uh, robotsradio.net to start with. You'll see the link at the top for the Rocket Club and you can you can read what it's all about. And uh, we have like four slots left in the like initial group. So if anyone's interested in checking that out or has any questions, feel free to you know write me or Cornholio, you can always pass pass you on to me if you have any questions. But um, uh, I don't want to pitch. I don't want to spend the whole time pitching stuff. So why don't we move on to something else? So I guess the next question we have for you: Twenty twenty has been a roller coaster of a year. What are some challenges that you faced in twenty twenty as a podcaster and content creator? Um the the initial challenge was back in March when COVID hit and everyone started changing the way that they were living, whether they were no longer commuting to work for a while, or they started working from home or whatever. The uh, listenership for podcasting dropped. Um, and depending on the kind of show you were doing, it dropped by different percentages. My shows saw as much as a 40% decline for a few weeks. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a little disheartening. I mean, that's, a, that's a very large percentage of your audience that you're going, Oh, God, are they going to come back? Like what's happening? And um, they, the shows rebounded after a few months and then continued to grow again. And I'm hoping that we got some of those listeners, you know, were able to come back once their lives kind of balanced out. But it just goes to show that so many people who listen do so while they're riding in a car, while they're commuting to work or while they're working out and they couldn't go to the gym anymore, you know, those kinds of things. And, um, people who listen to podcasts had to find a new way to listen to podcasts or a new time to do it. And that was that was probably the biggest challenge this last year. Um, since then, the uh, the shows have continued to do well. Um, but but I definitely changed up what I was doing uh, in order to try to accommodate that. One of the things I did was I shifted to a live uh, recording, kind of what you guys do here live on Twitch. And um, all of my shows, all of my regular shows now have a live recording scheduled in the evenings so that people who don't necessarily commute in their car and listen to podcasts traditionally can still do so if they, you know, are hanging out at home on a Monday night or whatever, um, and, and just watch us live. So yeah, so little, little changes like that. I haven't, I haven't come across too many really major difficulties. I mean, there's of course, you know, sometimes when you've got like software issues or recording problems or, Oh, I know, you know all about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, crap, we just did a whole episode, but we lost it because the thing messed up when it recorded, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, but that's, that's par for the course. Anybody who's used to technology knows <laughs> that doesn't always work. Right. So Tom, what were some of your 
accomplishments that you're really proud of in the last year? I know you got a chance to collaborate with Bethesda this past year as well. Um, yeah. Do you have any highlights that you want to share? Yeah, they've um, they've been awesome to work with. Um, they, uh, let's see, where can I go back to? Um, we had the opportunity through a show called Chad Default 76 Story podcast, uh, which is like a, it's like a dramatic comedy uh, voice acted story based around, you know, what, what people who would actually be living in the world of fallout would be dealing with. And it's absolutely hilarious. It is, is an amazing show. It's one of the first creators that I came across when I started the network. And I reached out to him after seeing his first episode show up on YouTube as just kind of an audio with some graphics. And I was blown away by the quality of it. I was like, Oh my God. And I was just reached out and I was like, Hey, I'm starting up a network. I'd love for us to be able to work together. And he was like, yeah, man, that sounds good. And I was like, wait, that was easy. <laughs> it's like, holy crap. And so, of course, we continued the conversation. Um, but that show was invited to Bethesda Game Days, which is in, um, uh, what's the name of the city? Boston. It's in Boston during uh, PAX East. And that was in February last, this this current year, 2020. And um, they were invited to do a live recording, which is it was kind of risky on Bethesda's side because you're putting a bunch of voice actors on stage who aren't acting physically. They're just reading their lines in order to do a live recording. And some of the audience didn't quite get it. They were like, oh, this is cringy or whatever. But it was really cool for us because I got to be included and I got to act as, as one of the characters and we got to go and be kind of behind the scenes with Bethesda. We got to meet Pete Hines, who is, you know, the vice president in charge of marketing and blah, 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 blah. Um, anybody who knows Bethesda knows Pete. He shows up at a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the announcement events and things like that. And super nice guy, super, like really, really cool dude. The team behind it was awesome. Um, it was amazing. Like they were, they were very accommodating and very appreciative of the things the community was doing around their games and uh i can't say that for every game developer publisher um but they were they were awesome so we've had some opportunities last this last year to get together with them um there's another show i do called the fallout hub which is a more of a uh, focused on specifically fallout 76 and you know the patches and the things that are coming out and the content and the updates um and it's me and ken who does the chad show and, and our other friend dave and we've had the opportunity to do a game show with them when Wastelanders was coming out back in like March, which was awesome. And then just again, this last week, for anybody who isn't plugged into the Fallout world, this, in fact, it's wrapping up this weekend. This last week has been Fallout for Hope. And there are over 300 different people streaming, creating content on YouTube, on Twitch, um, podcasts, all sorts of things happening this week in order to raise money for St. Jude's. And, um, and this is, this is amazing because on Tuesday, we got to do another game show. I got to host Apocalypse Squares, which is like a Hollywood Square style game show. I'm sure you can look it up on YouTube now. Um, and Pete Hines was the middle square and two of the voice actors from the games were there and other content creators were other squares. And we had two of the winners from the, the costume contest that we ran get to be the two contestants on the show. And on Tuesday, which was like two days into the thing, we were uh, we we just during that show surpassed something like eighteen thousand raised for um, St. Jude's for children, basically. 
uh, with medical needs. And then um, the next day, I had the opportunity with Ken again to interview uh, Ferret, who is basically the head of a lot of their um, world building and, and writing and story and those kinds of things, like the guy you would talk to about the lore of the world. And we got to interview him, and it had already eclipsed 40,000. I think I think at this point we're above 60, 60,000 raised. And initially had a goal of 20, thought it would be amazing if we hit 20. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, I guess that answers your question about doing things with them, but also some of the really cool things we've been able to do together with them for, you know, special needs and, and those kinds of things. The community is just amazing. Yeah, and it, it's amazing how involved you are with supporting those less fortunate and helping to do good and to be a positive light in, in the world, especially during a time when I feel like we need it most. So that's yeah. really amazing that you're involved in so many great projects and that you had such amazing opportunities coming your way. And that's just a testament to the quality of the work that you produce and the work ethic that you put forth, which is absolutely incredible. Well, thanks. That's why every so often I have to fart into a microphone to try to balance it out. <laughs> so that's why. Okay, yeah. well, now we yeah. know. Yeah, you can't be too goody two-shoes. People don't trust you. <laughs> They're like, there's got to be something wrong with that guy. <laughs> so, Tom, we just recently had the Game of the Year Awards, and 2020 is almost behind us. It's hard to believe. But I'm curious... What would you say defines a great video game and what was your game of the year in 2020? Oh man. Okay. Uh, I'm so bad at choosing favorites. Um, let me think on this. Uh, what, what defines a good video game is a game that, um, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of different kinds of games. I, I like games with really interesting worlds where you're able to uncover more and more about the lore of the world. And that's why I do lore cast shows. Um, but mechanics are good too. You know, a game with awesome mechanics is also, it's important, right? Um, I think something, something that you can genuinely get lost in. I also think that a, a good game is also a game that builds community just naturally around it, whether it's multiplayer or not. It is the kind of thing that people identify with on a very uh, like personal level. And then when they meet other people who are into that game, know that they have something in common. You know, it's the equivalent of being like a Star Wars fan, right? Um, and I know that happens with Destiny and that happens with Fallout and all these other games, um, which is part of what I think defines them as a good game, you know? Like how many Destiny players would think it'd be really cool to, if not live in the world, at least visit it, you know? And see the Traveler up close or, you know, uh, one of the planets in the future and be able to actually explore it or have to fight the Vex or something, you know, like, yes, <laughs> that yes. would be really cool. That would be amazing. You know, like, uh, you know, assuming that I'm not going to get my head blown off. Yeah, it'd be cool to take some pot shots at those guys. Yeah, why not? Give me one of those awesome looking rifles. Um, now, best game of the year. I don't know. That's that's a really tricky question. There's so many games. Um, and some of the ones I've played didn't necessarily come out last year, but I put a lot of time into them. Um, I don't know. Red Dead Redemption 2, I don't think came out this last year, but I definitely played through that. The story was really, really good. Um, the, I mean, one of the best updates, like talking, and this is, this is one of the things that because of all the negative publicity that Fallout 76 got when it launched, 
people have been very, very cautious about saying anything good about it. And back in March, they launched Wastelanders. And then just a month ago, they released uh, an expansion that added in the Brotherhood of Steel moving to Appalachia, which is the, the, you know, the location that you're at in the game. And the game went from being a, the kind of game that, I mean, we're going to talk about cyberpunk soon, but the kind of game that just crashes on you all the time and has all sorts of problems and for some people is completely unplayable to a game that, um, yeah, I mean, there's still some there's still some uh, difficulties every so often. Like some people will have the game crash on them. I can't think of a time the game has crashed on me in the last six months. Um, and the game initially didn't have actual human NPCs in the world. You, there were robot NPCs, but the world was empty. And they did that for a reason because they thought that the players would then inhabit that space as the NPCs. But it turned out that a lot of people were like, "Well, where's the story?" And the story was there. It was just hidden in the terminals and the the world building and the the robots you talk to and those kinds of things. But kind of like how Destiny was in a way. Yeah, yeah. But they got the sense that like people wanted NPCs to talk to because people who played Fallout Four loved NPCs. They loved companions. They you know they felt like that's what helped build out the world. So they added that in. They did like a year's worth of work, or like what was probably two years worth of work in one year, added it in. And the game, at this point, the state of the game is is great. Um, there's always going to be people, and I know this happens with Destiny 2, who complain about the end game <laughs> because they want a game that they pay one time for that will give them an infinite amount of replayability. But the truth is that that's impossible because you have to pay your staff, <laughs> you know? Exactly. So you have to you have to release things that they can buy. You have to have cosmetics that you can purchase or, See, or I, whatever. I think pe- some people do have no idea about video game development, how much money it costs. Oh, yeah. You know, how, how much money, just all the systems that you're, you know, you, all the, the hardware that you're developing on. Just the electricity in the, you know, the buildings. Well, obviously during COVID, it's a little different because, you know, people are developing right. from home, you know, but, but still, the servers have to run. Exactly. Like Destiny, servers, Destiny, you need to go use a server. Exactly. You know, that's, that's using power. Yeah. And however many, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of people who are consecutively on at the same time. Yeah. That's like, that's a lot of overhead. Um, mm-hmm. But like, and it, it's, I find it so funny every, every time I read a post on Reddit or something where somebody's like, after 2000 hours in this game, I'm finally done with it. Screw those guys. And it's like, <laughs> you paid 50 bucks, 60 bucks, maybe even 30, 20 bucks on sale to get something that you put 2000 hours into and you're pissed, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, seriously, it seems, it seems like some people need to get the priorities in order, you know? Um, oh yeah, totally. I mean, totally. which is totally cool to put two thousand hours in a game, but then come back and complain about oh, yeah. it. You know that yeah. just seems a little like uh, I don't know. Or, or just say, you know what? I put two thousand hours into this. I had a lot of fun. The last hundred hours or so, I've been having a harder time having fun. I wish they would make some improvements to these things. That's way more level headed. You know, it, it's way more but, constructive too. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I know you guys deal with this kind of stuff, too. But the same thing happens in Fallout. It's like, holy crap, every every expansion they've released since launch has been free. The game was on sale for as cheap as 10 to $13, depending on the platform you're on this just last month. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. And there's there's clearly hundreds of hours of content in that game, not to mention the repeatable endgame stuff that you could do. 
It's just amazing. See, my problem is I have a hard time going from one game of service to another one. You know, it's hard enough to play Destiny and then having to play a game like Fallout 76 or Division yeah. 2 or, you know, one of the... That's why I haven't gone and played one of those other games yet. Yeah, I'm it's a just, I'm a regular um, traveler, I guess. I'm, I'm a, a tourist, a game tourist. I have a hard time... Um, after once I get to the end game content in a game, I'm not uh, I don't feel committed to stick to the game to just grind everything out. Um, I find mm -hmm. that if I jump to something else that I get more uh, immediate gratification out of like discovering a new world, learning a new story than I do out of like grinding end game content. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's all about balance. I mean, I was yeah. playing Final Fantasy seven remake last night finally because mm -hmm. i'm trying to get back to that game because i'm a huge final fantasy fan especially final fantasy 7 and i want to see that story through because it's one of my favorite stories yeah and it's different the remake has has expanded on what was in the original one yeah yeah and it's 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 a it's a beautiful game too i just wish it played in 60 frames but you know it's a solid 30 on ps5 like it, it's rock solid 30 you know it's like mm -hmm. there's not a frame drop like that i can see at all so which is you know okay yeah i think for me playing on pc ruined my gaming on consoles <laughs> because it's really hard to go from playing in 100 plus frames to going down to playing on 30 it is it is so hard. that has been kind of a challenge your eyes me, just it has, it has a seizure yeah. when you're trying to like you're trying to readjust and it's like oh my god i feel like i'm like drunk or something <laughs> yeah yeah it, you can tell that you can feel it it's it's even more of a feeling uh to me yeah the, the difference in frame rate you feel it more than you see it yeah and you get dizzy and like queasy when you're playing it I'm like oh i don't feel so good <laughs> <laughs> so tom do, would you say that it's safe to assume that your game of the year this year would be cyberpunk uh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't actually completed it yet. I mean, it came out, what, like a week and a bit ago. Um, uh, or no, just, just a week ago, didn't it? When did it come out? I'm losing dates. It came out on the 10th. Eight days ago. The, the 10th. So it was eight days ago, yep. man. It feels like, yeah. The, welcome to 2020 where every day feels like a month. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eight days. It only came out eight days ago and yet it feels like it's been weeks. Uh, I don't know. I, I, Cyberpunk's cool. I, I love the world. I, I love having done the podcast for the last year plus and digging into the stories. I, I love all the hype and the community. Um, obviously, there are people who are like, oh, God, you know, sky is falling. <laughs> yeah, it needs to go to hell or whatever. And then, of course, there are people who are like, come on, guys, give them some time. They'll fix it, um, which we can talk about. But uh, I think there are things in the game that a lot of us uh, hoped or felt like were promised that didn't arrive. But at the same time, I feel like they're um, the main story, the the characters, the uh, if you don't branch too far outside of that, that part of it, you can tell that they committed to really finishing and feels really good. And the story has heart, especially for a world where a lot of people don't have hearts. <laughs> it's because some of them are cyber augmented without hearts. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's. It's the foundation for something that will eventually become really, really good. I mean, think about Destiny 2's first year. This is yeah. you know, other than the bugs. Good comparison. You know, it's, good comparison. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, 
you had a solid game at the core. You know, the, the, the shooting mechanics were great, and the shooting mechanics in Cyberpunk are great. I love I love taking on a group of enemies and trying to take them down. Um, that, it feels really, really good. Uh, the characters are really cool. The characters in Destiny were really cool. Um, you get through the storyline, it's really good. But then you get to the end, and you're like, okay, what else is there? You know, like, is there an end game in Cyberpunk at all? Uh, not, not really. It's more of, uh, think of it more as something like Skyrim, where so it's contained. It's a contained story. Contained story, basically, with, yeah. with side quests, obviously. Right. Yeah. You could go back into the world and do a bunch of side quests. There's tons of other side stuff to do. That's where it falls short. Is that um, people really wanted to role play their character in this world and be able to like hang out at the noodle bar and eat some noodles and look at the person next to them and you know and you like, can sort of really do that but like not completely so, right you're not completely you're again? not completely given the freedom like these people yeah. thought they could with you know role playing actually in the world going wherever you want and you know living out your cyberpunk fantasy basically yeah yeah like um like little difficulties in role playing, for example, all of the clothing items you get have an armor stat, and that's it, uh, which isn't bad. And and you can you can upgrade them with like you know five, take five percent less critical damage or take five percent less damage over time or you know those. So there's loot. Augments. There's loot in this game. There's yeah. loot. There's loot. But part of the promise of the world of cyberpunk is that, uh, and one of the taglines from the old tabletop uh, document like game like instruction manual says where uh style is more important than substance like that's part of the cyberpunk world is that in in many cases people will go with the stylish thing over the thing that's actually beneficial kind of like destiny so, where you're building out your guardian you're like you know you're yeah, trying to be all yeah you know stylish and stuff right but there's there's no transmog system so you you're gonna put on whatever hodgepodge <laughs> in either game yeah that's true even so, though transmog like, is coming to destiny next year so, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're, you're playing through the game in cyberpunk and you probably want your character to look a certain way because you might be trying to role play as like, you know, a, a badass rock star type person, you know, because because a, can I be a uh, rocker rocker board? Yeah. Rocker boy. Can I be maynard from tool? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, technically, you probably could be something close to that. But if you actually want to be able to protect yourself while in a fight, you're going to have to put on the dumb looking clothes that don't look like they even go together in order to get the, the armor stats you need. Um, yeah. So that, that kind of breaks the immersion of it. You know, like I want to both look like this awesome, what the character class would be called a rocker boy in the original tabletop RPG, but I don't want to wear the, you know, I don't know, trench coat with the overalls and the, <laughs> and the, and the neon hat, you know, like it does, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so it's just kind of how that goes. Um, if you were to compare this game to a movie, like what would you say? What movie would it most like, like yeah. represent? Like Blade Runner or something like that? Um, or like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of cyberpunk and cyberpunk influenced movies. Um, Blade Runner is probably the everyone's go to. Um, mm -hmm. The world of Cyberpunk 2077 is very Blade Runner esque. It isn't as dark. It's a little bit more neon and a little bit less dark. Although at night in certain parts of the city, you could you could say it just looks like the middle of a Blade Runner scene with the reflections off like the wet ground and um, yeah. you know the fog and, and those kinds of things. Uh, the world, like the the mood of society, is very similar to Blade Runner in that there's this everybody's kind of in this uh, depressed, 
future world where the glitz and the glamour of everything has overshadowed any actual substance in people's lives. So, you know, like neon and drugs and cyber augments and all of those things seem important, but the world is like, I don't know, ethically empty. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's as if humanity itself is becoming more and more rare as we move forward with technology. Um, so there, there is that similarity to it. Uh, something like um, the fifth element is probably a good example. Oh, the way okay. the city in the fifth element feels and the way that the fashion in the fifth element feels. What you know, about like, Strange Days? Have you seen that movie? Remember Strange I Days? I have seen Strange Days. It has... Um, uh, what is it? Ralph Fiennes in it, and um, I think Juliet, yeah, I'm looking Juliet it up right Lewis. Now. Juliet Lewis. It's it's futuristic. It has like a futuristic like uh, appeal to it. Where they yeah, back in from '95. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I saw this. Yeah, it's like you you kind of like tap into. It's all they're not cybernetically enhanced per se, um, but uh, there's like kind of like VR. Like they're they're like yeah. you know it's the first like real VR type simulation type movie besides like the Lawnmower Man like that was like the first mm-hmm. one, but um you know yeah Johnny Mnemonic would be another similar Giant thing Mnemonic. from the nineties yeah. okay. um this idea of like a dark future like the the you know like the world seems to be progressing but it's not actually getting better for people right yeah um which is a big theme among cyberpunk. If you were invited to be a guest on Survivor and you can bring three characters with you from any video game, who would you bring with you to ensure that you are the ultimate survivor? Wait, wait, are they on my team or am I having to go against them? They're on your team. You They're can my bring team? three other superheroes. Oh, my God. Um, oh, God, this is a really hard question. Uh, three other hero type people. Well, I, I guess I'd have to pick people who are good, naturally good at surviving and are athletically uh, good, but also good team players. That that cuts a lot of people out because a lot of these heroes are not particularly good team players. <laughs> hmm. You know? Um, oh, man. I'm so not good at these kinds of questions. Uh, let me think. Um, somebody. OK, so I just I just saw the last episode of The Mandalorian for the season. Um I just started watching that show. So it's so have, fun oh, watching that. It, it's very good. It, the, the the end of the season is is really really awesome. Um so Mando, uh I, I'd have Mando on my team. I'd have um thinking through some other characters. I don't know, somebody like uh Siri from The Witcher would be cool. Um she's also got some abilities that would be really handy. And then Let's see, Star Wars, The Witcher. What other what other shows? Uh, some, I'm probably Tony Stark. Well, Tony Stark, who can actually like think smarter than the rest of us in order to solve whatever puzzles we come across. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Good choices. Next question we have for you. I know you're not huge on Destiny, but what can Bungie do to bring you into the Destiny world? Uh, well. I'm in the Destiny world. I just haven't played that much in like the last two years. Um, and, and probably because I, I like burning through the content and then like there's a new expansion that comes out and I'm like, oh, more story stuff to do. Um, and I go through that stuff. But I, I 
I haven't spent the time to go through like the the big cooperative endgame content with other people. Um, but I like the world. I like the, you know, the, especially the gunplay, uh, the enemies you go up against. Um, I think, I don't know. It's actually a game I play with my son. He's 10 uh, and he enjoys it too. So being able to run through the content with him is always fun as well. Um, I, I, I think... Uh, like we talked about earlier, just um, so many games as service make it make it a difficult, uh, difficult thing. Like, I'm sure I will jump back in in order to play through some of the more recent content um, and just to get the stories and to, you know, level up my guy some more or whatever. Um, but I, I also do know that so much of the content, like for somebody who only pops in and out of the game every so often, there's a lot that I don't understand when I'm first back in the game again. You know, like, what is this new type of currency? Or, wait a minute, this vendor doesn't sell this stuff anymore. What happened? <laughs> you know, or um, uh, where do I go for this type of mission? Is that part of the main story or not? You know, like, there's a lot of those kinds of user interface questions that I have um, that if you play, you know, weekly, you, you catch it as it goes and you, you catch all the updates. But if you haven't played in the last year or two, all of a sudden it feels like there's a lot more to learn again. Um, that's the part I find the hardest about coming back. Yeah, the whole, uh, I don't know, them not updating the vendors for the longest time was like, that's that's what been one of our, like, uh, I don't know, criticisms. Criticisms that they, they literally just have not, they did it all throughout Destiny 1. They updated the vendors after every expansion. Not just after every expansion. Sometimes every, like, okay, yeah, yeah, DLC they had too. Not just the expansions, but, you know, some of the season pass. They would update the vendors with, like, new, like, weapons and mm -hmm. uh, new gear. And they just went away from that completely in Destiny 2. And it just, it feels like, wow, you would think that the sequel to a franchise, you know, game would evolve more then you know like regress you know and i feel like destiny yeah. 2 did regress especially in like vanilla i mean they're trying to get back to a more you know steady cadence of what they had in destiny 1 but i still feel like they're you know i don't know they're still spinning that hamster wheel a little bit <laughs> yeah or even even questions about like okay these old legendary items that i had are they still viable or not you know like is do I keep them? Are they? Am I able to upgrade them? Can I bring them up to my current light level? Like, or do I get rid of them? Or are they, you know? Or are they like amazing and very rare because they came from a previous time and nobody can get them anymore? So I definitely want to keep like a lot of that kind of stuff. You just don't know when coming back to to a game like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they've recently introduced sunsetting, which pretty much makes some of these weapons obsolete which I don't agree with personally, but we talked right. about this for weeks now. Yeah, um, but like that's the question is like some of it's not all right. It, it would be easier as an as a returning player after a few years to just know, OK, all of these things are obsolete and there to be like a symbol on it that says like obsolete. Then OK, now I know. But OK, only some of them are. Were they ones I had? I, I don't even remember where I was when the last time I played, you know, like which or which expansion I got each item from. You know, like it's it's uh, complex. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, Bungie did introduce a new system where pretty much certain weapons only go up to a certain power level cap. Mm 
So some weapons are going to only go up to 1060, but the character that you can max to in the current season could be 1350 or 1360. So they do have the maximum power cap um, noted on every armor piece and every weapon now. So that's one way to keep track. But you have a lot of weapons and a lot of armor to keep track of. It becomes kind of a chore after a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or even, um, you know, like the new powers that get added to the different classes. You know, like the the question of like, okay, is this is this better than the other ones, or is it not? Is it worth investing in this? Do I, you know, is is my character build now obsolete? You know, like how does that work? Um, you know, there's just a lot of that. That is, it's nice to have a show like yours to listen to to be able to answer some of those questions as that stuff gets added in. Yeah, we we try to touch on those topics, you know, to help the guardians out. I mean, they did provide a, I think a better new light experience to help new players or, you know, long returning, returning players, yeah. you know, along. Yeah. So, so what is your, what is your opinion of the state of the game right now? Just kind of toss a question at you as somebody who hasn't played since, uh, let's just say two years ago about this, this time, two years ago. I feel like they're, I feel like the game is improving, you know, Obviously, do I want more? Yeah. You know, do I want the story to be longer? Yes. Do I want more loot? Yes. Because unfortunately, they did not have a good delivery this time in this expansion of guns. It was only like 31 new weapons. And if you're a looter shooter, if that's not enough. That ain't it, chief. That ain't going to get it done. Like, you're going to go through, you're going to get those guns so quick. And it's like, all right, well, now what do I do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, um, it just they just don't have enough loot in the game for me to be super excited. Yes. I do enjoy playing it because I love the shooting and things like that. And I like the new raid and I like sometimes playing PVP, like just, you know, for example, we, we plan to play trials or I plan to play trials. I think corn wants to play it tonight too. trials of Osiris when we're, you know, done here podcasting tonight at some point, because I enjoy like destiny's PVP. I yeah. do it because I enjoy the competition. You know, is it competitive, though? Is it a competitive game? Is it like Overwatch? Is it like, um, you know, Call of Duty? Is it like it? No, it's nothing like that. There's supers and space magic. So the balance gets completely thrown <laughs> right. out the window because you can bring right. your guns that you get in the world right into those matches. And some yeah. of them can be completely broken because of the perks that you can get on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and, and I've experienced that, too. Like, I, I enjoy the PvP side of it, um, which is strange because most of the time I'm, I'm more of a PvE player. Uh, but also, you know, being able to jump into a, you know, four on four match with my son and, you know, like, I don't know. What's the mode where you have to, like, you summon the the guys in the middle, and then you can go through the portal and invade the other guy's team. Oh, Gambit side, it's Gambit. Gambit. Yeah, yeah. Like the concept of Gambit is really cool. I really like the idea of it. Um, I do, however, have a problem when somebody on the other team is some sort of overpowered, awesome sniper, and every time it, I try to it, poke it my has head wall into hacks, the realm, basically, oh, yeah, and has wall hacks, right? Yeah, and all of a sudden, I, you know, I pop into the other team, or or they come into my team, and they just like pick us all off, and I'm just like, what? All right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, there's there was nothing we could have done to stop that from happening. So we just throw our arms up in the air. You know, OK, I, I, I don't know what to do about that. 
And it's like some of the exotics they delivered this expansion are like really cool. Like there's this sword that's a chainsaw sword called the Lament. You like rev it up by holding like the the button. It charges for three seconds. You can deal a devastating attack. There's Mm -hmm. a sniper called Cloud Strike that literally summons a bolt of lightning when you get a headshot with it and just <laughs> like awesome. take stuff out around it too it's got aoe damage and there's a what there's an exotic rocket launcher in the raid called eyes of tomorrow that's like galahorn 2.0 basically it, mm-hmm. it just it home it has homing miss homing rockets that can just like target anybody on the battlefield and just completely rain death upon them like there's some really cool things in the game right now but it's just we don't have enough of it there's not enough of a chase I feel like they didn't bring a hard mode for the raid. It would have been nice to have a difficulty spectrum because a lot of people are complaining that the raid is too easy. And, hmm. you know, it, it may seem that way. I think it's just the AI are brain dead. Some of the AI in the in the raid are literally just staring up at the ceiling and stuff. Which is which is crazy being that Bungie's pedigree has usually been AI is is phenomenal. Right. You look at their history. I mean, you go heck, even go back 10 plus years at their history with the Halo games. And that was one of the things that made the Halo games so good was that the AI was smart. Exactly. Like because they had difficulty spectrum. They you you had uh, regular um, easy. You had normal heroic and then you had legendary legendary mode. Legendary was painful. Legendary with skulls on was absolutely like painful. Like trying to get through that, game. but you felt accomplished when you got done with it, you know. And mm-hmm. I just feel like yeah. they they need to add more like incentive, and they're trying to do it. And they're you know they have a rewards like they had a rewards blog they talked about like last week where the game didn't they they knew they didn't have enough to deliver, you know. And they're trying to bring some more loot to it, but is it going to be enough in the end? For me. I'm I'm liking the direction because they're bringing back some of the D1 weapons that I'm very fond of. I love, you know, as my name, you know, it go, says is Shadow Price. That's I named it after the gun from Destiny 1 and they're bringing mm-hmm. it back next season, which I'm super excited about and then you can run the hardest content basically, you know, which is going to be painful for me, but I want to do it because I want to be able to get an adept version of a Shadow Price and everything. So there's yeah. going to be things for me to play next season. But for this season, after you get through the main story, it kind of it, it's a little thin, you know, afterwards. Uh, the end game just seems it seems like there's a lot there, but unfortunately, it's a little thin. Yeah, and I think for me, I think that, you know, Bungie made a game to the best of their ability I think that there was only so much they were able to do, especially being on their own and not having a proper publisher, which I personally think was a misstep um, for them. Um, I think that the game is fun. What they did bring to the table was a lot of fun. And the new, the new destination planet, the new that destination. we have. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Europa, it's a really awesome destination. They put a lot of care. Their real-time weather, I really enjoy effort. that, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and they did a lot. <laughs> and I think it was a really <laughs> tough year also because, I mean, everybody has been working from home. And not only that, but technologically, we have undergone a lot of changes with the next-gen consoles being released. So they were kind of limited with what they were able to bring to the table. Of course, I want more because who doesn't want more Destiny? Who doesn't want a bigger experience? Um, I would love to see them put less focus on 
microtransactions and free-to-play content and put more focus on creating a sustainable model where they're charging people for the game but giving us enough content to play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Giving us not just not just not just like cosmetics things, giving us actual like loot, gear, weapons. That's that's the whole drive. It's it's the weapons. The weapons are, are that that is what you spend the most time with in the game, firing your weapon. That's why people play it, because it feels so good to fire your weapon in Destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's absolutely accurate. I you know that's one of the things that I really enjoy about it. You know, it's it this the shooting has always been really solid. Yeah. When do you think they're going to do uh, actual gravity on planets? <laughs> That's always been something I thought was so strange, is that everywhere has Earth gravity. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? Even in like, Mario okay, Odyssey, if like on, on the Mars, moon, you have... Your, you sh- yeah. There should be less gravity, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> or the moon? Maybe in Destiny 3. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure it's a gameplay thing, you know, where it's like, well, it, it messes with, you know, gameplay. It, 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 we're not going to do that. But, uh, you know, map design, everything would have to change. It reminds me of uh, Borderlands, the pre-sequel. That yeah. was like pretty much yeah. zero gravity gameplay, right. which right. Eh, I don't know if I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for a little while, but after a while it kind of got... You would feel like your movement would be hindered, tedious. you know? It's like, yeah. and, and that's the good thing about Destiny is it, the movement it feels great. It's all consistent. Especially yeah. if you're a hunter, so, yeah. <laughs> I would love to see space battles in Destiny. I mean, maybe sometime oh, yeah. in the future. Oh, space battles, yeah, that, that's... That's definitely my tops. Huh. If they're a game, they're modeling themselves after Star Wars and they're drawing instrument inspiration, obviously, from Star Wars and Star Trek. Why can't we have space battles? Exactly. I would love that. Mm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like that one mission in Halo Reach, remember? Like with the... Did you ever play Halo Reach, Tom? Yeah, I did play Halo Reach. Um, it's been a while, though. Do you remember the mission uh, where you're in you're in a, the spacecraft and you're actually out in, you know, orbit and you have you're you're actually space there's space battles going on you're actually <laughs> the one called the one mission called space battle no, i'm kidding it's not actually called space <laughs> i battle. don't know what it's called um, but yeah i'm trying to remember it's been so long since i played it it's one of the coolest missions though it's like mm-hmm. it's so cool yeah so tom thank you so much for sharing your amazing journey with us and our community it was so great to share your amazing journey and to hear about some of the amazing things that you've done in 2020 and we're excited for what's to come next year with Robots Radio and your podcasts. I did want to spend a little bit of time tonight to also chat about Cyberpunk because it's a game that we've been anticipating for a while now. Like, I know I pre-ordered the game Seven about years. six months ago. Seven yeah. years. Yes. It's actually, because it was really, it was actually unveiled in 2012, believe it or not. It was oh, yeah, wow. so there you go. Yeah. Eight years. Yep. So... On the topic of cyberpunk, I know there has been a lot of news, a lot of controversies surrounding the game. And the first thing I wanted to kind of touch on is what are your impressions of cyberpunk 2077 now that we've had a chance to play somewhat and we had some time to experience the game on our respective platforms? Yeah, um, well, I I stand by some of the stuff I've already talked about earlier on the show, but um, besides that stuff... um I think that obviously the game was pushed out uh, too early and 
that whenever that happens, as I'm sure you guys are aware, that isn't is not the developers faults, like the, the actual devs, the people who are coding the game, the, designing the, the stuff management. in the game. It's not their faults. It is a management decision. Yep. And the management is trying to meet some sort of deadline for their shareholders trying to get something out for the holidays or the end of a quarter or whatever. And um, everything that I've seen, in fact, there's some new news, new news. That's kind of redundant, isn't it? There's some news out there today that uh, a lot of the devs were internally trying to tell management, this is not ready. This is not ready. Do not push it out uh, and weren't being listened to. Um, so from, you know, I, I guess the <laughs> internal politics side of it, it's unfortunate that it was pushed out too early because, of course, that breaks people's expectations. Um, that said, the game, uh, like I mentioned before, it's a it is the beginning of a foundation for something that could uh, become very, very, very cool. Um, in the long run, they've talked about adding a multiplayer mode or expanding expanding this game out into a multiplayer mode. I'm expecting we'll get something similar to Grand Theft Auto Online or Red Dead Online where you can play through the story in the world, but then if you want, you can enter a version of the world with lots of other people running around and you can buy things like a place to live and you kind of like role play in, in the city doing things with other people, going on quests together, uh, trying to get loot, trying to, you know, do whatever. And in order for them to get to that point, they're going to have to fix some of the role play breaking kinds of stuff I mentioned in the game before. So um, outside of that, the world is fantastic. Um, if you have a system it actually runs well on, other than the weird little quirks that pop up every so often with some of the bugs, it is phenomenal. The, the gunplay is awesome. I've been running around with a katana chopping dudes up. Um, Oh, wow. the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, the the cyber augments you can get are cool. I'm sure they'll continue to add more to that, especially as we get closer and closer to like a multiplayer re release in two years. Um, the vehicle driving is good. There's, I don't really have too much to complain about there. Um, but the, the density of the world, I think, is the thing that's really, really interesting. You can and that's why it's such a shame that you can't really role play in it very, very easily. Uh, for example, if you jump into the middle of like a, a group of cars and you fire your gun everybody in sync will open up their doors get out and then cower down beside their cars as if they're like all doing the same animation at the same time there's no real ai happening with some people yelling and running away and some people cowering and some people not even getting out of their cars because they're too afraid you know everybody does the same thing or if you uh, this happened to me in the game uh recently i um Accidentally, I was I was breaking into a location, into a building, and uh, the um, security in the building uh, caught me. I was trying to be stealthy, and they caught me. And so I shot one of the security guards because I was like, okay, I got to get out of here, and turned to get in the elevator to 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 leave. And the elevator was open. I had I had opened the elevator, right? I turn back around to shoot the security guard so he stops shooting at me so I can get in the ele elevator without getting shot. And I turn back around, look in the elevator, and five security guards spawn right there in the elevator. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the door is already open. It's not like they came up and the elevator opened and they came out, you know? It was like they just spawned there all on top of each other. And I was just like, what the heck? And of course, I just get slaughtered by these, like, 
you know, go, ghost versions of security I mean, guards on top of each and other. And that shows the rush development, right? That shows like yeah. the, the, the buzz yeah. that, you know, unfortunately game breaking in the PS4 and Xbox one versions where the game would just hard lock your system. Basically when it freezes, oh, yeah, totally. like it, some people couldn't turn their system back on, you know, and yeah. it's, yeah. So and that's a problem. That's a problem. But should have they delayed the release of cyberpunk was, was that the right, answer to giving the developers more time to make the game right um yeah it's and that's a it's a complex thing because we have to go back to what they originally did they put a release date on it for april initially and then they've delayed it a few times since then they shouldn't have ever given it a release date without the development team saying yes we are sure that we will be ready by this date um all all notifications say that the dev team never said, hey, we're going to be ready. So they needed to wait longer or they needed to change their messaging and say, we will be having an early release of the game at this date, but it will be considered a. There was no know, like, beta, was there? There's no there was no beta or anything like that, was there? Nope. Nothing like that. And that's what so, you do to test your game. Like, I don't understand why a beta did not like come out for this like why couldn't it have more it would have made well, more sense for a beta to come out now than the actual yeah. game you know most, what i'm saying most like, betas are actually um used for uh server testing more than anything else uh, for server load and because it's not an online only type of game they didn't need to do that mm. um but but yeah i mean obviously they did internal testing but that wasn't their goal like they could have said this was an early release game it's coming out now so you can you can get it and you can play it but you're going to come across some bugs but if you want to get it and play it right now the the story is complete you can do some of the other adventures in the, in the world but it's going to be another six months to a year before it's finally finished and we we add all yeah. the content we planned to add. You know, I, they I, could have messaged it like that and it would have been a lot better. I think that would have fixed it. I think them just putting saying that, putting out the PC version, saying that we're going to continue to work on the game. It's not finished yet. It's in um, early right. your release. Early access. Early access. early access for PC. Right. You can, it's, it is, it is completable, but you may come across some bugs and some weird things that haven't been worked out yet. Right. Full, okay, that's fine. Full PC version launches like some, April or right. next year. And then the console versions come out like closer to like, I don't know, uh, September or something like that. Right. And, and give people like a $10 discount. Say, listen, if you want to, if you want to pay 50 bucks now to get it early and it's incomplete, you can do that. Or you can wait till it's complete and pay 60 bucks. It just shows a total failure of management. You know, they were just, they wanted that money. They wanted the money. They, they, they were like trying to promise their investors and, you know, all, unfortunately telling them the game was ready when obviously it wasn't, you know, right. and right. not listening to the developers, people who make the game, you know, it just it's yep. it's just a failure of management. And it's unfortunate because CD Projekt Red has typically been very good about that stuff. Like The Witcher 3 came out, there were some bugs with it, but they didn't promise certain things that weren't in the game. There were just things that still needed to be cleaned up about the way it functioned. And over the next six months to a year, they patched all that stuff out. It was great. Right. And the game has consecutively for five years now or however long it's been, made more money every year since it's been out because the quality was so good. People were like, this story is awesome. The gameplay is awesome now. This is great. And of course, word of mouth sells games. Um, had they done that with Cyberpunk, then we'd be, they'd, the mood around it would be very different. And it sucks for somebody who's you got a PS4 and the thing crashes their system and they can't play it and they were super excited to get it. You know, that sucks. Um, 
But had they simply been told you can't have it now and you just have to wait six months and then we'll release it for the PS4 version or get a new console. Maybe you can play it on the PS5 or, you know, get a PC. You can at least play it there if you want. Yeah, at least that the messaging is more honest and clear. Yeah, I think the messaging was definitely off. I mean, the CEO of CD Projekt Red came out and said that the game runs surprisingly well on all platforms. And that was weeks before the game actually launched. And not only that, but the company prevented the media from actually showing how the game ran on last gen, which it feels a bit deceptive. Yeah, that's and a, that's a warning sign right there. honest from the start, I think that their goodwill would not be tarnished and their reputation would have not been hurt like it has been. And it's interesting that you mentioned PlayStation because PlayStation and Sony made a groundbreaking decision to delist Cyberpunk from the PlayStation store completely. And they're now yeah, and offering refunds. refunds to all gamers, yeah. which yeah. that's a landmark decision that we've never really seen sony make before and do you both think that was the right call for sony to pull the game from their store and to give refunds to every player who purchased it yeah i think i I think think any decision that is pro-consumer is the right decision and sony in this regard is protecting their consumers they are saying this if there's if there's a a 0.1 chance it breaks your system they're protecting the consumer um, th- this is not a playable. If, th- if they think that this is not actually playable, then yes, that's that's good for them. The question then is, did this pass Q&A through Sony? Because we know in order to get out on the consoles, you have to give them a gold version of the game and it has to go through certification. So it must have passed cert which is weird that right. it would pass yeah. cert. How did, then, how did it pass cert? How did it pass cert? Exactly. There was, there was a, an emergency call that CD Projekt Red had with their investors, and they kind of addressed this. And what they said was that essentially Xbox and Sony, they gave the game a green light in hopes that it would be patched by That's the time right. that the yeah. final version is out and they were hoping that the game would have a day one patch that would fix all of these issues yeah and obviously so there was a level of trust happen. put on right. cd project red to fix the game in, in its final form before players had a chance to experience it on a massive scale and you see you have yeah. management telling them one thing and then you got the developers telling management like look no this isn't ready we need more time you want us to push this game out mm-hmm. and it's gonna it's gonna look bad upon us and everything but right. if you want right. to do it you're gonna unfortunately have to face this music you know and it's like it's crazy because the day one it blew up on twitch over like a million like people like watching it and everything oh yeah you their know? marketing their the publicity for this game has been off the charts they've done an awesome job at that right uh, other than messaging what it is actually going to be launched um <laughs> exactly so there is that i i to to turn this to the positive because i always want to try and take the positive view of these things not not a let's sweep the garbage under the rug kind of positive but a let's look on let's let's be honest in both regards seem like a glass Um, half full kind of guy tom uh not always but i like to look (laughs) at both the glass i like to look both the empty part of the glass and the full part of the glass let's just say like that i'm a realist um Mm -hmm. so to their credit they did award the developers bonuses even though the metacritic score wasn't what was needed to award the bonuses as many developers do um so 
that's good because that doesn't put it in the responsibility of the actual developers that the game wasn't ready because clearly that was a management decision. So good on them. Their developers still get their bonuses. Nice. Uh, the other thing is that I, fir I, I firmly believe this, and I've said this on social media, that they will either restore their reputation or they won't. It's one or the other. People got super excited about this game. So, of course, they're going to flip to the opposite side if they're really, really upset about it. So they have to make this right. It sounds like a No Man's Sky kind of situation. You know, remember when exactly. No Man's Sky came exactly. out? And it was exactly. nothing and what it was promised to be. And, you know, oh, it's, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they made back all of their development and marketing costs at launch because they sold so many copies of the game. Right. So... They have the money to put into it, and they, they funded most of the production of this game off of The Witcher 3 anyway. So there, I, I would be very, very surprised if they do not commit the next two years to really ramping up development, continuing you know every other month or however often, putting out significant patches, adding more content, doing the things that they need to do in order to make things right with, with the community. Now, some people will never forgive them because they'll be so butthurt about it, but I personally... If I think if everybody deserves a second chance, and game. people who are making the game, yeah. I'm not putting this on them. I'm putting it on management. This is management right. all and, the way. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep myself from playing the awesomest version of this game a year or two from now when it's awesome, just because I'm still butthurt about it not launching well. You know, that's that's punishing myself, right? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So yeah. They better fix it, and I hope they do. I mean, and this is do, definitely going to delay the multiplayer, though, right? We're not going to see that multiplayer probably in 2022 now. Like, if they have to fix, uh, maybe. like, yeah. huge unless, things in the game. Unless these were things that they needed to fix anyway, and the development for the multiplayer is based on content creation. So if they have the, the part of their dev team fixing the bugs still fixing the bugs, but then they have the other part of their dev team adding the content stuff that they need for multiplayer and they can still do like there's, it depends how the studio is divided up and how many people there. Uh, one of the other things studios do is they, they launch a game game and then they will cut uh, staff. And if they do not cut staff and they maintain, they probably won't be able to, cause they got to fix the game. Exactly. Right? It's all right. hands so on if, deck at this point. Right. Yeah. So that, that would be the hope, right. Is that they, they continue to, you know, haul hands on all hands on deck and, and treat the next six months or a year the way they would have had it not been released yet. That would be best case. Yeah. And they have a lot of goodwill to build up again, because I mean, a lot of players felt very disappointed by this release and let down and, Rightfully so. I do think that the leadership team should have made better decisions and discretions. It seems like they're starting to actually do the right thing. I mean, uh, Cyberpunk Today actually went on record and said that they will be honoring refunds, even if that means they have to do it out of their own pockets if necessary, which is the right move. That is the right move, do yeah. by consumers, because I mean... We might be able to afford to buy the games, but not everybody in the world has that same luxury. There are individuals out there who maybe can only afford one game, right? And if the one game they bought was Cyberpunk and it wasn't playable to them on their respective platforms, I think it does create a lot of bad publicity and yeah. Bad well, imagine imagine being the eighteen-year-old kid who you know, is working an extra little job and has a little bit of money for the holiday. And that's the thing that you've been saving up for. And you blow your 60 bucks on it. And that's all you had for that month. 
yeah, that sucks. It doesn't run on your PS4, you know? Okay, what do you do now? And that's, you know, the, that, and that's the thing. Like, this was reported on by Jason Schreier about, you know, having – there was issues with management and things like that, you know, like saying one thing and, and like, doing another, you know, like yeah. – and it's like he, he kind of was like, you know – I don't know, shining a light, but that's what Jason Shire does. You know, he, he's a reportive, you know, video game journalist. You know, he's, he's yep. one of the top, top, top reporters when it comes to this, you know. And so he, he kind of dug up some of that uh, dirt, so to speak, you know, when it came yeah. to, you know, unfortunately, yeah. it is just the, unfortunately, the, uh, I don't know, the dirty side of like video games, you know, there, there's always a side that, you know, and it's it involves management. You know, look at what happened yeah, with the pro capitalist anti consumer side of, of any business is always is always dark. Yeah. You know, right? Um, but but it's up to the consumers to hold them to hold their guns to their you know to them and say, listen, you need to do this, or I will not be giving you my money. Um, yeah. Right. And you know, hopefully that works out better. Or before we let you go, we do want to let our audience know where we can learn more about you and what you do. And and again, thank you so much for joining us tonight and sharing your story and diving into some cyberpunk. Um, but before we let you go, where can we learn more about you and what you do? Yeah. If you just go to robotsradio.net, you'll see everything we do on the network, including my shows and this show and everything else going on. Uh, I also mentioned the, uh, rocket club. If you are a up and coming podcaster and want to have a group of people and a mentor to help you get started on the right foot and really build an audience right from the beginning, that's the place to do it. Um, my stuff you can find anywhere. If you're into Fallout or Elder Scrolls or Cyberpunk or Dungeons and Dragons, just search that and Lorecast. So Elder Scrolls Lorecast, just search it. You know, Dungeon Fallout Lorecast, Cyberpunk Lorecast. Um, and if you're interested in Cyberpunk because you're playing the game and it's working for you and you want to know more about the history of the world that happened before 2077, we've got a whole bunch of episodes about, you know, the history of Arasaka and Johnny Silverhand and all that stuff. So go check that stuff out. You can always just search it or just robotsradio.net. Awesome. Well, Tom, thank you so much for your time. And it was such a pleasure to hang out with you again, my friend. And we wish you all the best with your podcasts and the podcast network and the uh, course that you created for supporting up and coming podcast creators. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you have an amazing, amazing weekend and enjoy cyberpunk. And I'm sure we'll chat soon. Thanks, yeah, Tom. It's always, it's always good talking with you. And yeah, thank you so much. And uh, go get some pizza later and have a wonderful holiday. Yeah, have a good holiday, Tom. Thanks. All right. See you guys later. You too. You too. All right. So, Guardians, wow. So much to talk about tonight. And we are not yet done. We still have one more thing to talk about tonight. We have the final Bungie weekly update of the year. And... Shadow Price, do you want to kick things off? What did we learn from Bungie last week with the new or with the latest Bungie Weekly update? Yeah, this uh, this is uh, one week late because uh, we did not podcast last week um, at the podcast in time. We had one on Sunday, but uh, we're going to dive into this, um, you know, tonight for our, our listeners. Um, so. Basically, the there's a few things that went live last week. The Hawkmoon quest went live, uh, and uh, they talked about the dawning as well. And uh, it was Iron. Let's see, that was Iron Banner had ended, I think, that week. Um, so 
they basically went on to talk about the uh, the update that Joe Bla- um, Joe Blackburn gave to. Um, so you guys can all read that that they're going to add legendary weapons. You know, six new legendaries are going to be added to uh, t- to the ac- uh, ritual activities: two for strikes, two for gambit, two for crucible. And that Shadow Price, the Swarm, and um, the Palindrome are coming back to the Nightfalls. And then you'll be able to get the depth versions of the Grandmaster. They're working on Transmog, uh, DDoS protection, Vault of Glass return in year four, and Crossplay's coming in 2021. Yay! Uh, the Two Strikes, Fallen Saber, Devil's Lair are coming also in Season 13. And the Legendary Master Lost Sectors uh, rotation will be expanded to the Lost Sectors on the Moon in Season 13. And they're going to offer three new exotic pieces of armor to chase. And of course, we've been playing the new Hawkmoon quest line that came out last week. Yes. I got the gun. And Oh, did you finish finally? Okay. Yeah. I think I'm on the last part where I have to play some Crucible, but... Uh, yeah, you, get, you gotta I'm either play there. Crucible or you gotta get uh, kills against champions in um, either Empire Hunts or in Lost Sectors or... Uh, or play Gambit. <laughs> and, you know, okay. if you're a Gambit player. Now, so what is the fastest way to progress that step? Because I know that step took a while to do. And I think uh, do around... the champions, do the champions, do the okay. champions and empire hunts are the fastest and make sure that you get a shot on the champion. Um, so because somebody takes it out and you don't get a shot on it, you don't get credit. As long as you get a shot on it, mm-hmm. you get the credit too for the kill. Okay, and I'm about so, halfway done. And is there another part of the quest after that that you have to complete to get the weapon? Yep, there's a final mission at the end. Yep, there's a final. Okay. And yeah. is that like a strike that you have to play or what? what uh, no, it's going back to expect? the same area, but a different path, basically. It's it's kind of like a, hard, hard, a harder jumping puzzle and harder enemies are in there, basically. Oh, okay. Harder jumping puzzle. Just what I love. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That's great. And not only that, but there is a replica weapon of the Hawkmoon that you can purchase on the Bungie store after you complete the quest. And you have until February 9th to earn the weapon in order to buy the replica gun. Yeah. And then you also have until February 28th to actually purchase the Hawkmoon miniature replica, which is let me take a look. It looks I think like it's, it's fifty nine. Fifty four. It's fifty four ninety nine, right? I think that's. I think uh, that's. It says fifty nine ninety nine. Fifty nine ninety nine. Yep. So it's sixty bucks. Oh, five bucks more because they were going fifty four ninety nine. I think for Thorn, for Ace of Spades, it was Luna's Howl. So they're five. Ah, five interesting. Five so it's bucks a little more. bit more this time around. That exotic uh, cha-ching, you know? That, uh, <laughs> yeah. So wh- what do you think? Are you going to be picking up this miniature replica Hawkmoon now that you have the weapon? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's so hard, you know, like eh, trying to resist, you know, because, I mean, that's a lot of money, you know, for something like that small. <laughs> you know, I have a, I have a, like a, a life-size devil, you know, um, that, that's 3D printed basically um and do you really yeah yeah i do i did not know that yeah it's so cool 
Um, You'll have to show me what that looks like. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I I mean, I would like to have a a, a bigger version that I probably wouldn't pay that much more for. Um, That's my feeling on it. But it's still cool. Okay. And beyond the Hawkmoon quest, we also have the Dawning that came out this past Tuesday. Yeah, we kind of jumped into that. Um, Evil Avante is back in the tower and she's letting us bake cookies again. And the tower looks pretty glitzy. The tree looks awesome that's in the tower. The tree that's like got icicles on it and whatnot. It's just, I think they did like the design team stepped their game up this year. Like it looks really pretty like around the tower. My, my yeah, opinion. And there's some new rewards to chase as well. We Gl- have Glacioclasm, um, legendary yeah. fusion rifle. Um, it's, it looks like it's inspired from Arintel and it's got like, you know, skins that are, are dawning look. Um, there's a exotic ship that you can get from uh, baking cookies for Eva. It's all in the quest line, tells you what you need to do. Um, there's a sparrow. Uh, and I think you can get the upgrade for it, too. It's for the Alpine Dash Sparrow. It was last year's Sparrow. Um, and there's new ghost shells. There's uh, One's got, uh, like, a candle wick on it. One's got lights. <laughs> that looks actually really cool, the, one, the lights, like Christmas lights. Uh, there's an elf hat one. And looks like, oh, there's another ship, actually, that you can get as well. Um. So, yeah. Are you, have you been playing the Dawning at all? So I started playing, but I have been feeling under the weather the last few days. So I haven't had a chance to play a whole lot. We did start playing the Hawkmoon quest and I did begin the Dawning event. Uh, but I haven't really had a chance to really dive into it. I am looking forward to playing more this weekend and Maybe getting some cool new rewards. It looks like they have some really cool stuff between the fusion rifle and some really cool ghost shells and um, other yeah. really interesting loot to chase. Yeah, there's some cool stuff there. Um, they basically are double. You know, they're reverting one of the changes to the warlock. Um, they're they're fixing the the stasis warlock because they feel like they hit it too hard. Um, so they're changing it to penumbral blast. The projectile range is going to increase by 37%, which they've already done. That hotfix went live um, this week. Um, the minimum distance to cast range melee reduced by 32%. And this allows you to throw the range melee closer to targets. So they reeled it in and then they basically, you know, reverting some of those changes just to, you know, not, hit it too hard i guess so your your stasis warlock should be feeling a little bit more powerful this week than it did last okay now are there any changes that you noticed from the dawning this year from past years uh not really i wish there was a new activity kind of you know it would have been nice to like i don't know have like uh a snowy wonderland or something. Maybe they could have brought like the EDZ and, or this Cosmodrome and decorated the Cosmodrome or something. You know what I'm saying? 
and yeah. like had some sort of like uh i don't know some ter- uh, some kind of not guardian games like thing but i don't know like uh some winter games on the on the cosmodrome you know it'd be something cool like that i don't know exactly what you would do for winter games maybe like some shooting gallery or something or maybe like some downhill skiing kind of thing i mean srl would have been nice i mean i don't know yeah and i was going to mention that i think that bringing back srl especially on europa would have been the perfect thing to add yeah. into the game this year. I think that would have made some really fun and interesting gameplay elements that we haven't had before. We haven't seen it in Destiny 2. The last time we seen it was in, you know, Destiny 1, you know, Rise of Iron. You know, they had it all throughout that year and then just had never made it into Destiny 2 yet. Yeah. And I understand. I mean, development-wise, Bungie has had some ups and downs to say the least with the game um, and they did have to do a lot of preparations for the next gen consoles which obviously takes time takes development effort hey at least so, they didn't have as much bugs as cyberpunk Ooh, ooh, ooh. shots fired <laughs> below the belt <laughs> well let's let's be fair i you know we can give bungie so much crap about so many different things but I don't think the game has ever been as buggy as a game like Cyberpunk. But in Cyberpunk's defense, I don't think Destiny has ever produced a game on such a massive scale. I mean, it took CD Projekt Red eight plus years to develop this game. I mean, they put a lot of but effort. But if Bungie of, had eight years, could they do it? Could they produce a game... You know, uh, not maybe not as the size of scope, like exactly like Cyberpunk, but you know something you know similar, and not be as buggy. <laughs> I think video game development can be very complicated, and there are a lot of moving pieces that come into play. I mean, I would like to think that they can, but you know, I mean, look at CD Projekt Red. You know, they. Even after eight years, they couldn't really fix the game and get all the bugs flushed out. Yeah. And I also feel like the bigger the game is, the more difficult it is to make the game more stable and bug-free. I mean, and historically, even companies like Bethesda with games like Skyrim and Fallout... Those games come out very buggy when they first launch because the games are so massive and these games are really hard to produce and it's hard to test every aspect of the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, So what else do we have in the weekly update? So you all been given out there, all you guardians uh, for games to give that Bungie went on to say that we've raised over a million uh, dollars for uh, sick kids across the uh, country. And so you guys have been crushing it out there. We had to December 13th to, to give to that cause. And uh, everybody, you know, all you out there who donated, you guys are the, the true heroes. Good job, you know. So uh, kudos to all y'all. Um, and then we got a long list of updates. <laughs> Yeah. Development updates, which we don't have to go into it. You know, our listeners can 
read that by going to bungie.net. Yeah, it looks like there was a freezing issue for Series S and X. There was an issue with the PS4 Friends List update, the Vesper Radius update. Uh, there was an update for Spoils of Conquest and some next-gen updates and other known issues. Uh, so, yeah, long list. <laughs> um, feel free to read out the uh, Bungie blog here. Uh, there's the movies of the week. I kind of like this one, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Tryhards. <laughs> I thought you would <laughs> like that too. one. Turtles in their teens. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Turtles fan. So, yes, I like when I see anything Turtles, I'm like, yeah. It's really cool. It's, it, oh, my God. Especially, like, the music, too. They use the music from Ninja Turtles, and then... Oh, that's so cool. Did you watch this yet? I have not had a chance to watch this yet. Oh, it's really cool. They used the music, and they used the Guardians for the Turtles. And they kind of made them look like Turtles with green armor and stuff. And one of them looks like Shredder with the armor. <laughs> that's so cool. I I am impressed with this production. I now I know why they won. Now I know why they won. This is this is really cool. Definitely want to check that out later. I would say. I would totally upvote that one for sure. They did a good job. Congrats. <laughs> okay, so there's another one called um uh, we can build bridges. Uh, so they were, um, a honorable mention, um, too. So congrats to those people. And there was also some artwork that, yeah, uh, and they are, they have another feature for artist of the week, which is really great for them to continue the momentum with that. That's awesome. Yep. And that's pretty much the TWAB for the final TWAB of, 2020 the year that would not end that hopefully will end here in two weeks basically they said uh at the end of this update that this is going to be the last twab of the year don't worry we're not going on a big hiatus at once we will still be around this is the time of the year where many of us like to take some time away from work to be recharged and enjoy the cold, wet darkness of the PNW Pacific Northwest at home with the fam. I mean, we were at home already, but now we're not talking to our computers all day. We've made sure that the feedback is still flowing and that you have the latest info on ongoing issues and anything new that pops up. The dawning isn't the only thing starting next week. We also have raid challenges going live for Deep Stone Crypt, so keep an eye out for that. It's been a wild year. It's almost hard to remember what it was like to be in the studio at this point. Depending on how everything shakes out, it will be nice to get back there sometime next year. Until then, we will keep plugging away from our offices, living rooms, garage, patios, and other random rooms around our houses. We still have a lot of work to do. We shared some of our short-term plans with you this week, and there is a whole lot more coming in 2021 as well. See you next year, Cosmo. So Very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the final TWAB of 2020. It's hard to believe that we made it to the end of this crazy, crazy roller coaster year. Um, it's been quite a journey. And uh, we do have a little bit of a tradition on the show. 
where we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls. So I guess we can do that to end the show and to wrap things up for the evening. And Shadow Price, what would you give this week's Bungie weekly update? Uh, there's some cool things in here, you know, obviously things that they've already are in the game now and, you know, updates and, you know, the 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 cool movie of the week. Like, I think that might push it for me because that was really cool seeing that. Um, and I don't always watch the movie of the week, you know, every week, but this one really caught my eye because I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. And it's nice to get Hawkmoon back in the game and, you know, now... I guess Deepstone Crypt Raid challenges are live. Uh, so we'll have to check that out at some point. Uh, I, I give it a four. I give it a solid four because I liked the things that I saw in it, you know. And it's just, you know, basically the last update of the year. You know, they already had the blog from earlier in the week saying about the rewards coming next season and what to expect. So uh, I'll give it a four out of five. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you on that. I'll give it a four also. Four out of five spicy tuna. Yeah. I think it was short and sweet. I think that the dawning looks really cool with how they decorated the tower and some of the rewards that we have in the game. So I think those are really cool elements that will help us to have a few more things to do before we wrap up the year. So I did really like that. Um, I like the fact that the Hawkmoon quest came back. That's really great. The Games to Give program has been crushing it for all of the uh, less fortunate individuals out there and supporting so many great causes to uh, help kids across the country that are in great need. Um, and also, I really like the fact that we got some really cool movies of the week and artist of the week features so yeah, it was a short and sweet, four out of five, nothing too crazy, but, you know, a good way to end the year that has been so, so long and, and with so much going on. And uh, I do want to wrap up the show by saying thank you to our listeners for listening to the podcast, for supporting the show in 2020. We appreciate you all so much, and thank you for helping us to share our message and our opinions on everything destiny to uh, i'm excited for the year ahead we're going to have an amazing 2021 with some really great guests and we'll continue the conversation about all things destiny to and shadow price thank you for coming on this crazy journey with me and for um ending the year strong i know it's been a really crazy crazy long year for all of us I'm definitely grateful to the entire community and for you and uh, Tom for being an amazing guest on the show tonight. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I uh, appreciate that. And thank you. Likewise. I mean, it, yeah, it's been a very challenging year, you know, but we've pushed through. We've uh, we've gave it the old college try. We've done our best uh, and we forgot about the rest <laughs> and uh, we said it and forget it and uh <laughs> tony would be proud <laughs> yeah papa tony would be proud so yeah awesome so shadow price before we wrap things up for the year where can we learn more about you uh you can follow me on twitter at shadow price 79 and right here on the destiny show podcast um so 
yeah, thanks everybody. And, you know, have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and we will see you back in 2021. And Guardians, you can find the Destiny Show podcast on every major platform. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and we're now on Amazon Podcasts as well. You can also find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. And you can find us right here each and every week on twitch.tv slash The Destiny Show. We will be back next year in January, and we'll have an amazing lineup of guests to share with you in the coming weeks. So make sure to keep an eye out for that. And thank you all so much for listening and for supporting the show and we can't wait to see you all next year good night everyone see you in 2021